Welcome to Inside City Hall, the official podcast of the City of Oregon City, where we give you all the ins and outs and the hows and whos about how your community runs. Today, I am joined by Captain Sean Davis with the Oregon City Police Department. Although, at the time of recording this, you're captain, but if somebody's listening to this at a later August, you're actually the police chief. So, welcome and congratulations. Thank you. So, to get right into it... Um, I, I was at the event where you guys talked transition between you and, and current chief Jim Band. And um, I think a lot of people are really excited about the fact that you're not somebody who's just coming in from another community, but Oregon City has been your home for a long time. Correct. So kind of talk about how long have you been here? How long have you been with the department and so forth? Yeah, I grew up here in uh, Oregon City. I went to school here, graduated from Oregon City High School. I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school and I've also attended Clackamas Community College. Um, I uh, started at the Oregon City Police Department in November of 1998 when I was hired full-time. Previously, I got hired as a reserve officer uh, with Oregon City Police Department, and in November 1998, I got hired as a police officer. And I've been here my entire career. Um, since I've been here, I've been a patrol officer, field training officer, I've been an officer in charge, various instructors, uh, I've been a detective, a canine handler. I was in charge of our reserve program, uh, honor guard, patrol sergeant, uh, PIO, and most recently the operations captain and currently the support captain. So you've kind of done it all. I've tried to, yes. <laughs> so w- at what point in your career did you realize, hey, I think I kind of want to like go all the way to the top. Is that something recent or is that something you've been actually aiming for your entire time? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I look back on my career. When I first got hired, we had to do a video resume. And you had to were put in a room and talked for five minutes about yourself and what you wanted to do. That's never easy. Those no. are the worst. It was kind of awkward. Um, but at the time, it's I, I wanted to be a, the chief of police. And oh, okay. I didn't want to be a chief of police anywhere. I want to be a chief of police at Oregon City. So I've worked really hard over my career trying to build uh, build my resume, trying to get um, try to do every job within the police department that I could. And uh, here I am. So. Besides, you know, when you get to act as chief, as, as you're going there, when, you, when you're serving as interim chief when uh, Jim's out, what's, what's been the most rewarding part of uh, your career? Which, which job has been your favorite? And actually, a lot of them have been. Uh, canine officer was really fun. I figured that would be the top. I yeah, mean, that, that was, that was a really fun one, being a patrol sergeant, um, leading your uh, officers and your troops out there every day. Uh, being a captain, right? You're providing the future direction of the police department and uh, carrying on the chief's uh, mission. So one of the things that I, I've noticed as, as somebody who's been doing you know, communications and so forth, working with cities for a long time, is law enforcement, well, I mean, you, you guys never have it easy, but when it comes to dealing with issues in the community, not all agencies have the support, support of their town. But in Oregon City, the residents here really respect and love their police department. So, I mean, in terms of that, it's got to be really rewarding coming into a leadership position where the department's already established. You've got, you guys have done a phenomenal job of winning the support of the community, doing everything it takes to be a modern law enforcement agency. But as you spoke at that event, I mean, there's still work to be done that you want to see continuing to move forward. So you're not going to be resting on your laurels, as it were. You've got a lot of ideas of, of what you want to do to continue to earn that respect and, and, and maintain that. Yeah, we, you can never rest on your laurels, right? You need to be always striving to be better. Um, 
some of the things that I want to work on and we have to do is provide a high level of service and make sure our community is safe. That is the priority of being a police department. Um, but also to do that, we need to recruit and hire and retain really good officers. And then finally, we have to build our relationships within our community. That's super important. Let's talk about the, the recruiting officers because that's something that, um, well, it's, it's always difficult. Oregon City has had a little bit of a, an edge up on some of its larger neighbors that even may be able to offer more pay because there, there's some other aspects of the department that people really respect. So talk, talk a little bit about, about some of those instances where people have chosen Oregon City over other communities because of what we have to offer. Yeah, for our size of agency, we've been really forward thinking and we've tried to have different special assignments within our police department. So you could be a traffic officer, you could be a canine officer, uh, you could be a bicycle officer, you could uh, be a homeless liaison officer, you could be a neighborhood liaison. Uh, we have all these different opportunities. You could be a detective um, and then you could promote to sergeant. Um, we, sergeants are in charge of our special assignments such as detectives. We have a training sergeant that's in charge of all of our hiring and training all of our officers um, and then patrol sergeant or traffic sergeant. So there's lots of opportunities for our size of agencies that other agencies just don't have the staffing or the ability to, to have those special assignments. One story that I, I remember hearing was that um, it was both the, the diversity in terms of the team, but there's still, it's all one team. And it was the way when they, when they toured the facility that they really saw that Oregon City PD lives what they say. Yeah, we're, it's, it's when we bring new people through our department or current officers, right? If they're a lateral or just anyone touring our PD, we're a very inclusive department. Um, we, we eat together, we work together, uh, our union works closely with management, our union and our management put on different, uh, events throughout the year. Just most recently, our union had a barbecue for the entire department. Uh, so we really take pride in that. Um, and that helps with building, you know, fostering our relationships within our department. Another position you mentioned a little bit ago was homeless liaison. And that, that's a program that Oregon City has really been leading the way on. Um, so talk a little bit about what that program is and how it works before we kind of move on to the future of it. Yes, yeah, so our goal is to do whatever we can to assist anyone that's houseless or homeless. Uh, so if we come in contact with someone that's a homeless, uh, we try to reach out to them, understand why they are homeless and what can we do. So our homeless liaison officer builds those relationships. A lot of homeless people only want to talk to the homeless liaison officer. We've had two of them now. One was Officer Mike Day and now Dan Haynes. They do a really good job of fostering those relationships with our community partners and trying to provide them with the resources that they need. It could be a driver's license so they can go cash a check. Uh, it could be so they can work. It could be they need to go to appointments. Um, it could be some people are resistant to services, but we continue to have those relationships and every time we contact those individuals, we still to pro uh, try to provide them with the resources that they need. And another really interesting thing about that is we also have that behavioral specialist that the homeless liaison works with. And that's something that a lot of communities have noticed seems to really be having a positive impact on, on what you guys do. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, it's interesting. When I first started, we didn't go to many behavioral health calls or someone that was in mental health crisis. But today, there, a large majority of our calls involve people that are in mental health crisis. And so we saw that, and we'd originally been partnering with Clackamas County. 
they had a behavioral health unit that would come out to calls when someone was in crisis, and they were just really overworked. They just, the resources, they could not go to everyone and every agency, and we had a huge need. So we saw that. We worked with uh, trying to create a, a position, which we did, got funded, and now we have a behavioral health specialist that will go out to people that are in crisis, uh, provide follow-up, also give them resources, um, and get them to hopefully get through their mental health crisis and get uh, the help they need. You hear a lot in, in, in the news about the need to de-escalate and, and how officers do end up working on this, this uh, people with uh, mental health crisis. I mean, Oregon City is really leading the way on that because, I mean, what the department's already been doing for a while is what other departments are talking about needing to institute. So, I mean, it, it's definitely been... I'd say beyond the forefront of, of law enforcement, would you say? Yeah, it's pretty unique for our agency to start that, uh, especially for our size. I mean, larger agencies have a lot more funding, um, but it's the needs of our community, and we work really hard at that uh, to implement that. And yeah, other surrounding agencies have now taken on that. You know, Westland and Lake Oswego started their program where they partner with one behavioral, spe- behavioral health specialist. Camby's got one, Milwaukee's got one, and it was from what they saw what we were doing and, and the need. And, and every agency isn't, it's not unique. Everyone needs the same type of resources. And the, one of the things that goes along with this is the hand-in-hand hand probably with a mental health crisis is drug addiction. And that's something that you mentioned as well in, in your uh, transition speech was that, you know, just, even though the city is leading the way on this, there's continued challenges that develop that continue push what you have to do in that arena. Um, drug addiction being one of those issues. So what, what is the city seeing in that, and what are your goals when it comes to dealing with this issue? Yeah, drug addiction. I, I'm very passionate about drug addiction. My And I think it started from when I was a kid. My uncle died before I was even born of a drug overdose. And so my mom preached into how important it was to stay away from drugs. And I've seen it through all my career, uh, you know, meth, heroin, marijuana. It doesn't matter, but most recently, we've seen an epidemic in fentanyl and the overdoses and more sadly, the deaths. Currently, our detectives are on an overdose death right now or a suspected overdose death that we're dealing with and investigating. And hopefully, we can find the person responsible that gave them these drugs. Because sometimes people, you know, sometimes they want to use the drug. Some people unexpectedly take a drug that they're not used to, you know, that they weren't expecting and overdose. And so our, our goal is to educate the community but also to try and hold the people accountable that are selling these drugs that are creating this problem in our community. So we have a special investigation team. We work closely with other agencies. Um, and when we get complaints, we follow up on those. We try to build up a case and we try to apprehend the person responsible for selling those drugs. I like one thing that you said is that despite what a lot of people think, it's not a victimless crime. There's a lot of issues that are, are happening because of drug addiction. Um, and I mean, it's an uphill battle that you're fighting. And I'm going to say, I mean, I guess those partnerships that you mentioned, those are going to be instrumental because I mean, no city is an island. There's really no way that Oregon city alone can tackle the drug uh, problem in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so like how, how important are those partnerships uh, to the, to the process and, and, and how do they kind of work when, when we're partnering with other agencies? Cause there's a lot of different things that I imagine I would get kind of a could make partnering with another agency uh, difficult. Right. So there, you know, a lot of times it just starts out with a simple complaint uh, from a neighbor or a citizen of that's noticing something. We follow up on that complaint. If we can develop who's selling these drugs, 
we'll use our resources. If it's a larger case that's more regional, right, we can tack, uh, work with our, our local partners um, and our federal partners and try to work those cases. We've been very successful. Um, we've, we've got a lot of drugs off the street recently, and we're going to continue to do that. Moving on to a different area, um, one thing that I, I always see a lot of comments about it when it comes to our social media, but people may not realize that is kind of an arm, I guess, of the police department is code enforcement. And um, you recently have been, the department's been actually upping the amount of code enforcement officers and increasing their presence in the community, correct? Yes. Uh, most recently, we, uh, uh, over this past year, uh, we got a new code enforcement officer position, and then most recently budgeted for this upcoming current biennium, we got another code enforcement officer. So that'll put us at four code enforcement officers, where we were at two. And the goal of that is to provide a service to the community seven days a week. Uh, so when everyone gets done with training, uh, we will have code enforcement officers work in every day of the week. So that way our community can, when they have a problem or an issue, when they call and expect a service, our officers, our code enforcement officers, will be there to be able to handle that situation as the complaint's coming in. What type of issues is a code enforcement officer responsible for, for looking at? Uh, they're responsible for enforcing most of our code. Police officers and code enforcement officers enforce the code that uh, the commission has adopted. Uh, and so some of those things could be parking problems. They could be vegetation problems. They could be barking dogs, other neighborhood issues. Uh, so they're all encompassing, but the code enforcement officer specializes in that. If there's a need, they can go through a court process uh, to leverage to make sure things are taken care of. And, and our, our whole goal is not is to make sure people get in compliance of it. First off, know what the code is, because a lot of people don't understand that there is a city code versus a state law. And so first and foremost is to make sure that they understand that, and then also to then make sure that they are adhering to that city code. So because a lot of these things generally are not rising to the level of, of criminal issues, and by definition, that's what they're focusing on, this probably frees up your officers to deal with more serious issues who, so they're not responding to parking dogs and noise complaints and so forth. Is that kind of, does that kind of, that kind of like assist you guys with more uh, time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our officers are there to enforce the code, but when someone's calling in a more serious crime and maybe multiple crimes are occurring, we have to prioritize that level of response. So if there's maybe a domestic violence call, multiple officers are going that to handle that. And if someone's calling in a lesser uh, complaint that it, it's a livability issue, but it doesn't arise to the seriousness that we need immediate action, uh, that sometimes that gets put on the back burner, burner or currently uh, they have to follow up with code enforcement and then code enforcement has to go out the next week if it's the weekend and deal with it, where now they'll be able to go out there. They'll also be a little bit more proactive. When they see something driving around, they can address it uh, rather than having to wait for the public to call in and let us know if there's a, a problem. So it's not necessarily complaint-driven anymore? That's our goal, yes. Excellent. Um, speaking of just helping with officers and time and priorities and so forth, I mean, a lot of that depends on staffing. And I, I've noticed in, in my time here, you guys have brought on a lot of new officers onto the department, something that I think a lot of other departments are, are struggling with. Um, so how, A, how are you able to do that? And B, where are we at in, our, in terms of our staffing and, and, and where the department wants to be? Yeah, currently we're, uh, we're 
full-time officers. We're allowed to have 46 officers. Currently, we have 45. So we're one down. Wow. Okay, you're um, really close there. Yeah. But what most people don't understand is when we hire someone, they just don't start on the road, right? There's a lot of training that goes involved. They have to learn about all of our policies and procedures. They have to then go through a state DPSST Academy, which is 16 weeks. And then they have field training, which is approximately 17 weeks. So by the time an officer gets on their own, depending on when we hire them, could be as short as six months, and it could be up to like eight or nine. Right now, the academy is so backlogged. So we're working really hard to try to hire as fast as we can. But again, we're hiring the best people, and we're putting them through the training. Um, And so it's... It's a challenge. Everyone's kind of arm wrestling over the same <laughs> same officers. If you're a good officer, every agency is looking at that. So uh, what helps us is we have a lot to offer, right? Just starting with our building. When someone comes into our building and sees that magnific- magnificent building that was the public gave us, right? That That's a huge recruiting tool. And then seeing our culture coming out on a ride along, seeing our level of activity, all the different options they have is, is big. And it, it helps us recruit really good people. Um, I'm glad you brought up the the building because that was actually something I wanted to uh, go into because in terms of civic buildings, not just in Oregon City, but really anywhere, the the Libke Public Safety Building is one of the nicest structures I've seen. Um, And again, having having worked in, in government for a long time, a lot of times whenever any government entity gets a nice building, people complain. But in this case, the city really rallied and supported the construction of that building and continue to support that building, which I think is testament again to the department and the respect that the department has earned from its community. So going on to the first part, kind of explain the process of, of how that building came to be and, and what it is that, besides from just being a nice place to work, what it is that really makes it stand out. Yeah, I've, I've been here a long time, almost 25 years. And they, you know, several chiefs have tried to get that building. And uh, Chief Band figured out a way to come up with a funding source. And then we went out to uh, le- you know, levy for to make sure that the citizens approved the bond to be able to build that building. And I believe it was just over 80%, maybe 83% of the voters supported that. So that That's shows, insane. I mean, you can't even yeah. get 83% of people to agree on the color of the sky. Exactly. So that, I mean, that really says something for the respect this department has. Yeah, and we don't take that lightly. That's, that's from all of our officers, every interaction they have on a daily basis with the public. And so once we got that funding source, we started working on with our architects and our builders coming up with a plan. We wanted to make sure it was inviting to the public. We didn't want it to look like a prison, right? We wanted people to be able to come there and be welcome. We also wanted our employees to feel uh, welcome when they go there and they didn't want to work in like a dungeon. So we worked really hard. It's very open. It's very inviting, but it's very safe. And uh, anyone that goes through that building is just they're just in awe. We just had some a tour. I just took Portland through because they're working on uh, some projects, and they were just they're amazed at how nice and a uh, building that is. And we're very supportive, and we're very appreciative of our public. You know, one of the great things about it is, I mean, I'll say it, it, it is a very nice building, but it's it doesn't feel opulent. It doesn't feel excessive. It it fills all the needs and does so in a nice way without being wasteful that you see in some other places. Um, but one of the other really important things about it, I think, is the story of the name. So for anybody who doesn't know 
why it's called the Lipke Public Safety Building, if you could kind of explain where that came from. Yeah, uh, Robert Lipke was a reserve for us, and uh, he was killed in the line of duty. He's actually killed uh, 300 yards from there. Uh, so when we were, when he was killed, right, his wife was pregnant with their, their daughter, and Wendy Lipke wanted Rob's name to be remembered forever. And this is the best way we could do is to remember Rob Lipke and the sacrifice he made uh, for the citizens of Oregon City. And that's really, I think that goes back to kind of the beginning of what you talked about is the principles and ideals of the department. Is it something that your officers strive to live up to on a daily basis? Yeah, everyone's very proud. They take pride in everything they do. They appreciate our community, right? But our goal is to make sure that everyone has a, has a safe community to live in. And, and it's, it's the things that they do every single day. And that make our department better and make the citizens appreciate everything we do. We got to be a part of the community. We can't uh, just go up there and take care of calls, right? That's kind of old school. We that's have, not the way it is anymore. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not the way it is, right? People people want to know who you are, right? We're really active in our community. Um, we want to offer different, um, say, like the Citizens Academy, let people come in and see what and learn about our department and understand why we do things and how we do things. We do the you know women's self defense class. Um, we do we offer di- many different things. Upcoming is National Night Out, right? We want to be a part of our community because it's super important for us. And, and as you said before, I mean the the Libke Building is something that's open and, and the community is welcome. So I mean, you in, invite the chance for people to come and speak to you and and kind of see how things work in the department so they can understand how everything functions. Absolutely, I you know I want to know what's important to the public, right? What's important to someone may not be as important to the other people, but it, we need to understand what's important to our public. That's why we, we're part of the neighborhood associations. We send an officer or two to, that are they're specific to each neighborhood association so they can understand what that specific neighborhood association needs and wants. Uh, we have a chief's advisory committee where we bring in members of the public, a very diverse group to make sure that they understand what we're doing, but also more importantly, what we can hear what's important to the public at the time and uh, listen to them. And, you know, if we need to make changes or explain or maybe why we're doing certain things the way we're doing it. What a lot of people, you know, may or may not realize is that, um, you know, you, you find somebody who is responsible for, you know, criminal activity in the city, you arrest them. Um, your job's not done, and then the next step is it goes on to, uh, you know, county DA and so forth. Um, explain the, the working relationship with, with the county DA and how everything the, the department's trying to do to ensure the bad people that you arrest are actually dealt with. Yeah, the, the working relationship with our city attorney uh, is super important, and also the district attorney, right? We, we have to we deal with a crime as it's occurring, but then, like you said, it's not over. We have to write a report. We have to do further investigation if need be. We may have to do follow-up that the DA needs, but in the end, the DA or the city attorney is the one that's gonna prosecute those. So it's super important to have those relationships. Our detectives are part of the major crimes team, uh, which is a group with the, all in Clackamas County that investigate serious crimes, such as you know maybe sexual abuse or robbery or or worse, maybe a murder. Uh, so we have those good working relationships. Uh, if we have cases, we reach out to them ahead of time to let them know, make sure we're covering everything we need to for an investigation. Um, but those relationships are super important. 
And I mean, it, that definitely really ties the fact, I mean, you know, we've got all of our individual cities here and so forth, but in some cases, the lines between them are a little fuzzy. Um, you don't necessarily see, well, this is, you know, Oregon City, this is, you know, a county and so forth. So how, how often as a department are you working with, with the other neighboring departments on, on maybe a case or responding to an emergency situation? Yeah, everyone in Clackamas County has an, a very good working relationship. So, uh, and currently and at different times, other agencies are hurting for staffing or maybe there's a critical incident going on. We send officers all the time. Just last night, uniquely, uh, just outside of uh, Milwaukee in Clackamas County, a 79-year-old lady uh, that was a dementia patient walked away, right? Clackamas County only had one deputy to go to the initial call. We sent one of our sergeants that's a drone operator, went over there, and he was able to find her uh, within five minutes of his arrival. Should that not have happened if we didn't have that relationship, if we didn't work closely with uh, Clackamas County and our other agencies and be able to provide that service, uh, I don't know what could have happened. And so the family and, uh, you know, the county, they were very grateful that we were able to send that out. And likewise, if we have a big critical incident, right, if we have a homicide or anything, everyone sends resources to help each other out. You know, I think that really clarifies everything. It kind of puts it all into a nice little package. I mean, community policing is, is not just a buzzword. It's been a term for a while, but it's something that I think Oregon City Police Department really exemplifies. So with that uh, positive note ending things, uh, Captain slash Chief, depending on when somebody's listening to this, uh, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Um, what would you recommend to anybody who's got questions, comments, wants to learn more about the PD? How can they find out? What would you suggest they do? Yeah, you could uh, call the police department. You can go to our website or you can even email me any questions. All right, there you have it. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate that. And thank you for listening to Inside City Hall.